This episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by InPen from Companion Medical. Please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box Podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise, and to always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. MDI users, this one's for you. How would you like to live your life less complicated? You can do that with InPen. InPen is a reusable injector pen that has its own smartphone app. They talk to each other through the Bluetooth. That Bluetooth is magic, isn't it? You know what the app does? I'm going to tell you a lot about it over the next few weeks on these Friday shows, but for right now, dose calculator, dose reminders, reporting actually tells you if the temperature of your insulin has gone out of range. Not only that, it connects to your CGM. Ooh, I got you there, didn't I? An app on your phone that connects to your continuous glucose monitor that connects to your insulin pen. Now you want to know more about InPen, don't you? Check out companionmedical.com. Welcome to Ask Scott and Jenny. In today's episode, I, Scott, and Jenny, Jenny Smith from the Diabetes Pro Tips series and Defining Diabetes, you know Jenny. Jenny works at Integrated Diabetes. She's a CDE, a registered pump trainer, CGM trainer, dietitian. She has type 1. Her favorite candy is dark chocolate peanut butter cups. And if Jenny was a professional baseball player, she'd be Hank Aaron. In today's episode of the show, Jenny and I are going to be taking questions from you, the listeners. In this episode, we're going to talk even more about understanding standard deviation and absorption times for loopers. Now, that absorption time for loopers thing, don't get confused and think if I'm not looping, this doesn't work for me. It's also going to be able to inform you about how to understand your extended boluses. Trust me, it's all about timing and amount. Meredith asks one, it's interesting, Jenny, after we did standard deviation in a defining diabetes, I get this question a lot now. So obviously we, there's something we didn't say in there or we caused more questions than, than we meant to. I think I read this one, what but read it. What is a good target for standard deviation? And if you set your targets tightly for alert purposes, will it look like your standard deviation is greater? Will that not affect the value? Now, Meredith, we did talk about this in the episode because I've had the same thought but I want you, I'll let Jenny go over it one more time in case we missed something in that episode. Yeah, so standard deviation really speaks to the variance of up-down. So even if you had your target set, let's say in your CGM, you have your target set from 80 to 120, mm-hmm. let's say, a very tight target, okay? But you have this roller coaster that's happening, this up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down, you know, from, you know, on the low end, maybe in the fifties and on the high end, maybe up to like the one twenties, you're still going to have a higher standard deviation because the variance, even within that target that you're still meeting, you're still having a roller coaster. Right. Now the standard deviation is going to get higher 
if you have more variants, let's say even if your your target is that 80 to 120 and you're going from 50 all the way up to 300 and way back down and way back up to 250 and back down, then the standard deviation is even going to be larger Mm -hmm. than it was with a roller coaster within a target. The aim for standard deviation, I'm always kind of cautious to say we're aiming for a standard deviation of this solid rock, you know, this one number. The lower the standard deviation, the better. That's that's the easiest way to say. It. I mean, if you're looking at a standard deviation of 70, you've got a heck of a lot of variance. You do. Your CGM graph probably looks like a roller coaster at an amusement park, right? That's not what we want to aim for. Even within a tight target, you still don't want all of this happening. Right. You want more gentle rolling hills from, you know, within less or within a tighter range, right? That's going to bring the standard deviation down. So if you have, you know, a target range set from 150 to 180, and you're meeting it, and your standard deviation is 21, that's a beautiful standard deviation, but your target is leaving you high, Right. right? So you're doing a good job of keeping things to a minimum as far as excursions. Yep. But you just need to ratchet your target down to keep that same low standard deviation. So I I hope that makes sense. I'm going to share what we do because it's by no means the rule, but it's a place where I've become comfortable with living life and finding a balance, right? Mm -hmm. So Arden's target is set at 70 and 120. Mm -hmm. Um. I'd love to be between 70 and 120 as much as possible. It's not as much a target as it is. Uh, alarms for me like when do we Mm -hmm. get above 120 so i know what to do right i love for arden standard deviation to be lower than it is but in honesty i try just not to go over 40 like that's Mm -hmm. like and that's not great yeah but it's it's i shoot for more like 35 i try not to go over 40 um if you look at arden's graphs they're interesting in that 18 hours of the day her blood sugar is like 80 you know, most of the time there's two meals that are cause the variance, cause a variance. Right. And, and she'll jump up. Usually it's like 180, 160, um, conventional pumping. I was able to get down a little more quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we're doing now, not as fast. Um, but conventional pumping, I didn't have 18 hours of 80 that was solid. So in my right. mind, it's a bit of a trade-off and I'm learning how to do the meals better. I think that you should think about standard deviation more in the context that Jenny put it in. You don't want it to be 70, not good. Right. But if you're right. shooting for 20% or something like that, probably not that realistic. So I've heard under 40, I don't know where I've heard that from. Is that a reasonable like Mendoza line for, under 40? Absolutely. I mean, if you're really, it, I usually with the with the people that we work with, trying to aim for, you know, the 30s or without consistently running just way too low with little deviation, the 20s can be great, as long as like Arden is kind of hovering at that 80 with little deviation. Great. Yeah. That would be awesome. You might be in the 20s. But you know, 30s is kind of where we aim um, overall with a little bit lower or whatnot, depending on what situation in life you might be at too. Um, With the women that I work with through pregnancy, we aim lower, tighter, overall everything. 
let me give you an example because I'm looking at a live graph for Arden for 24 hours, right? So in the last in the last one day, Arden's A1C has been 5.8, um, with an average blood sugar of 119. That put her standard deviation at 42. Now, if you go out over 90 days, Arden's average A1C is 5.6. Mm -hmm. uh, over 90 days, her average blood sugar is still 115. But her deviation will probably go up. It does. So it goes, it says 45 over the last 90 days. Now, we are still learning some things. And so we have some more pro mm -hmm. prolonged blood sugars. But for instance, in the last seven days, her standard deviation is 38. Right. So as I get better at it, you know, over the last 90 days, because, you know, of this loop thing, you know, you see it come down. I will get the right. deviation consistently under 40. I think it's going to be more consistently like 35 once I figure out the meals. But then, you know, I think Jenny's right. Like once you have the tools in place and things are working, I see standard deviation not as a target. I see it more as, see, I don't want to call it a report card because I don't mean it like that, but I think of that more as something you look at later to say, oh, things are getting better, not something you right. look at day to day. day. It's like a comparison almost to say, this is where I was, this is where I am now. Oh, it looks like it has improved. Yeah. I would look at, if you're looking day to day, I just look at average blood sugar and mm -hmm. I try to keep it lower. And then I look at at deviations, like high, high deviations. Obviously, I don't want any low blood sugars. We don't have a lot of problems with lows. Um, but I don't want to see big spikes that last too long or big spikes at all. Right. So Meredith, I hope that answers some question in there. I'm about to tell you something about InPen. And I think I should first warn you, it's possible the information could blow your mind. So I don't know what you want to do, put a hat on or hold your hands on the side of your head or something like that. But when you bolus with InPen, say you're having some food, right? And you look at your plate and you go, eh, 10, 5, 7. You decide that's 35 carbs. You go into the InPen app, tell it 35 carbs, and it tells you how much insulin to inject, right? Hold yourself tight now because here's the rest of it. Now, pen users know you have to prime your pen a little bit. So you prime the InPen and then dial up the insulin that the app tells you. Let's say it told you 3.5 units. You inject those 3.5 units. The InPen actually can see the difference between the prime and the 3.5, and it doesn't... So, you know what I'm saying? Like, when it's calculating how much insulin you have, it's not saying, like, 3.5 plus the priming amount of insulin. It know How does it know? Fascinating, right? Like, just boom. I, I don't understand. I mean, for a pen user or somebody who's doing injections, this is an incredible leap. Your insulin on board is being kept by an app on your phone, and it can see the difference between the priming of your pen and the bolus? Get out of here. You obviously need to know more. CompanionMedical.com. There's links in your show notes and at JuiceBoxPodcast.com. And one more thing. Starting, I think, next week, maybe the week after, these ads are actually going to be a conversation with in-pen user and world champion paddleboarder Fiona Wild. Fiona's going to tell us what she loves about InPen. It's enough of me telling you what I can, you know, read in a PR kit. Let's hear from a real user. I'm wondering about carb types Oh, entering into loop. I get confused about mm -hmm. what to put when I'm eating a combo meal. For example, what if I'm having pizza and fruit or a burger and veggies or, you know, like yogurt, fast carbs plus protein? 
Uh, she said, I thought maybe since mm -hmm. Jenny was a dietitian too, um, this might be something she can help decipher how to bolus for different combinations. Um, so what Maddie's bigger question is and how this will work out for the rest of you is she's really asking about absorption time, I think in loop, right? Mm -hmm. and, to a, and glycemic index right. to a conventional pump system. Yeah. In, in conventional pump system, it's going to be glycemic index and the idea of extending boluses or temp right. up or something like that. So it's, it's Correct. slightly different tools, same reason, but to give mm -hmm. people context who don't listen, who don't use the looping system, you'll tell the loop, Hey, I'm eating 35 carbs now. And then you have to tell it how long you expect it to be in your system, how long you expect it to take to absorb. Is it one hour, 30 minutes, two hours, three hours, like that kind of thing. If you get that absorption time wrong, when you put the setting, when you put the carbs in the loop, it really, it causes a lot of high blood sugars when you get it wrong the wrong way. So do you have any thoughts on this? Because I'd actually love to hear them. I'm going to sit back and listen like a listener for a second. It is, it's a very good question. I think that the icons that are within the fast, moderate, and slow groupings, if you are a looper and using them, are defined by like a glycemic index nature, right? Their fast ones are going to get absorbed pretty quickly. Loop says they're two hour moderate or like a three hour really slow which would be like high fat really high protein kind of meal would be a slow absorption right icons like a, a lollipop a taco or pizza mm -hmm. okay now most mixed meals she brings up a good question most mixed meals that are a content of carbohydrate and protein and fat and healthy fiber a good example being something like grilled chicken, steamed veggies, and maybe like quinoa or brown rice or something like that, right? That's a good mixed meal. A three-hour absorption would be a good place to start. It's mixed. You've got a little bit of everything. Now, on the flip side of that, let's say you have like a thumb size of grilled chicken, one broccoli spear, and a plate full of brown rice. Mm -hmm. Huh. Absorption <laughs> time yeah, there yeah. is based on the content, right? The content, but the portion. That's the glycemic load. It's it's not only glycemic index, but it's the amount. If you've got a plate full of high index carb that you're eating, very minimal little other things, that's no longer a combination meal. Right. That's more like a two hour. That's like it's fast. Now, rice is as an example in this can be a can be a bad example because some people's experience with rice can be longer impacting. Same thing with pasta. Some people get really quick impact from pasta. Some people get really like long drawn out. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, if I went into it further, some of it has to do with cooking method and again, what you eat with it and whatever. Um, but in a simple answer, most combination meals that are not heavy, simple carb should be about a three hour absorption. Four-hour absorption would definitely be those meals, like she's saying, let's say I'm eating a big old cheeseburger and french fries, but I'm also having an apple on the side. That's still a fairly long digesting meal. Mm -hmm. um, a, a trick or a tip that might work, it, let's say you're eating the apple first. Eat the apple, put it in as a 15-gram you know, carb bolus absorption two hours. Yeah. And then when you go ahead and bolus for the rest as a combo meal, mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. or go ahead and rest as the rest as a four hour absorption. That way you're kind of addressing both types of food and the way that they may be being digested because of how you've kind of eaten them. Whereas the apple at the end of the meal, sitting on top of the burger and the French fries and whatnot, group it in into four hour absorption. Okay. I was gonna, I was going to say to rice. So at, at home, I only use a basmati rice. It's a uh-huh. okay, and that does not impact Arden nearly like if we were to go to a Chinese restaurant. She was just going to grab like white rice, right? right. Um, it's just it's easier. Uh, you know, bread with no high fructose corn syrup, great way to cut yourself a break. Um, and pasta, I use Dreamfields. Mm-hmm. And it does not hit Arden nearly like other pasta does, um, both in intensity and time. Mm-hmm. So there are sort of ways to like cheat around it with certain foods. And what you said about uh, about cooking methods, I just uh, made I just made another um, another note for myself about something we could talk about in the future because that's really interesting. Ask Scott and Jenny was brought to you today by InPen from Companion Medical. Please go to companionmedical.com or click on the links in your show notes of your podcast player or the ones you can find at juiceboxpodcast.com for more information. Just think about what it would mean if your insulin pen could keep track of your insulin on board and so many other things. Just like a pump. The InPen is fantastic. It's like that little train that just keeps going. You know what I mean? It's climbing, chugga, chugga, chugga. That thing. You know what I mean? It's like, ain't no stopping us now. That's not the train. But if the train could sing. You know what? If the little engine that could could sing, I imagine it would sing, ain't no stopping us now. What would that even sound like? I'll leave you with that thought. As it fills your head all day long. And torments you. You know what? That's not fair. You need to get that out of your head. Do this instead. Think about this. Companionmedical.com or the links in your show notes or at juiceboxpodcast.com. Juiceboxpodcast.com